This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Friday, March the 5th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's episode. Plenty coming up as normal, including a chat with the deputy head of a Kent secondary school that's had to set up a COVID testing facility ahead of pupils returning on Monday. But first, mass coronavirus vaccine centres in Kent are temporarily closing due to a lack of supply. Now, the sites in Tunbridge, Folkestone and Gravesend have been closed today and will also be shut this weekend with appointments being rescheduled. Tunbridge and Morning MP Tom Tugendhat says it's part of a planned dip in the rollout. So what's happening at the moment is that we're retuning the machines. As you know, uh, we, we effectively started off with the production of these vaccines in an absolute sprint. And the government has been pushing out, or rather the companies have been pushing out as much vaccine as possible, as fast as possible. Now, we've got to the stage where most of those, or in fact, all of those who are absolutely urgent must be vaccinated now, have pretty much been done. So what's happening is that the machines are being retuned. Now, in order to do that, uh, a few of them are being uh, taken offline. And so production has gone down in order that afterwards production will be even greater than before so this is absolutely scheduled it was scheduled in fact many months ago and the reason it was scheduled for now was as i say because now is a moment when almost everybody in those extremely vulnerable groups has now been done certainly everybody's been offered and so we're into a stage where people like me people like you can uh, wait a day or two longer and so what we're doing is we're making sure that the capacity goes up and that uh, we'll soon be Uh, running even more uh, vaccines every day than we are already. Latest stats analysed by the Kent Online podcast show almost 600,000 people have now received at least one COVID jab in the county. That's about 40% of the adult population, while more than 90% of over 70s have had a dose of the vaccine. The county's overall infection rate is still dropping and Canterbury has the sixth lowest figure in England. You can find out how the vaccine rollout is going, specifically where you live in Kent at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online news. With all pupils due to go back to school on Monday, we've been to visit a secondary in Kent to see how COVID testing will be done. All students from the age of 11 are going to be asked to do three of the lateral flow tests in school and then twice a week at home. It's hoped it'll mean anyone who tests positive will be identified sooner and whole classes won't have to isolate. Well, Phil from our colleagues at KMTV has been along to Sutton Valance in Maidstone. And he started by asking Deputy Head Jeremy Farrell if he felt they were in a better position now than back in September. I think we're in a different position, not necessarily a better position. There's still all sorts of uncertainty. For example, the exam years have got you know deadlines looming. But undoubtedly, you know, educa- all educational settings have been able to uh, adapt and and meet whatever challenge is coming and i think we'd be naive to think this isn't the last last bump in the road so let's see what happens this time and uh, um, we look forward to reaping the rewards of the children being back in school seeing their friends for the next three weeks you alluded to quite an interesting idea where it's more of a social catch-up than an educational catch-up just just explain to our viewers that kind of school of thought well I, I think if we look at the reopening of schools as being back into the class and, and make progress that's not the case we we have to 
to test the children three, three times over the next uh, 10 or 12 days, uh, that inevitably is going to disrupt the learning that has been quite successful online. So actually this is very much a case about bringing the children back into school, reconnecting with their friends and, and, and enjoying all those social aspects that they've missed. Uh, undoubtedly that will disrupt the learning. In our case we've had a very successful online virtual provision uh, and so in the next 10 days that will be sacrificed um, for the benefit of, the, of the, the well-being of the children as they reconnect with their friends. And it's interesting to touch on the online side of things because a lot of head teachers I've been speaking to say it's just not the same and it's impossible almost to kind of go straight back into school and catch up to where you were. I mean, I suppose what level of education would you be satisfied with the students reaching uh, when they come back, say, towards the end of the term? Well, undoubtedly, you talk to them and they have, they have missed and my colleagues have missed the, that classroom interaction where you can immediately get feedback either way. And of course, that's not the same. I think... You know, the, the, the virtual provision has been one of making the best of a bad job. And so undoubtedly, there, there is no replacement for, for people, pupils being in the class with their teachers and having that interaction. But come the end of term, I think what we need to be thinking about is that we're ready for the start of the summer term with all of the different aspects of that, including, of course, preparing exam years for their, for their uh, final bits of data collection before we submit their, their grades to the, uh, to the exam boards. Now, we did know about this 8th of March date. We know that since about mid-February that that's what the government were aiming towards. Now that it's actually upon us, do you think that the 8th of March, certainly in your case, is about the right time to allow students to come back in terms of the case rates, how ready you can prepare your facility to, to welcome back all of these students? Well, t two different things. One, I think we just have to hold up our hands and say we don't know about the, the scientific and medical aspects of that. But in terms of giving us a fortnight to get ready, a fort we couldn't have done it any quicker. Um, so yes, I think in that sense it's fine. The, the wisdom of the decision will be, uh, uh, we'll have to suck it and see, won't we? But uh, for once, I think we were given the right amount of time to prepare. Um, we're still, of course, the, there is still undoubtedly those questions looming over exactly what's going to happen with those exam year classes. And we're just sort of really keen to clarify exactly how we fulfil what's going to be expected of us there. Talk to me about the sports hall. Now, no longer a sports hall, now more of a testing hall. How have we ended up from, from that into what we have now? Well, it, it, it is the demands of the, the, the job. We've been delighted to also offer it as a vaccine, vaccination centre. And, and it is a, an ideal space to, to offer what we think is a relatively efficient system. We think we'll be able to test about 50 pupils an hour um, and in that way move things through quite well. It is a hugely flexible space. At other times it's used for speech day, mocks, etc. You know, it, it is a great space, but we all look forward to the time when it can come back to being used for cricket nets, basketball courts, etc, etc. We've also been speaking to the NSPCC, who are urging parents to look out for any signs of worry or anxiety in their children. Jenna Lloyd is from the charity. We know that um, it's really normal for children to have mixed feelings. The reopening of schools is going to be really welcomed by some families and children, whereas for others it might bring about more mixed feelings. So children might be feeling nervous or anxious about the return um, while we're still in a pandemic situation. Um, there might be some anxiety around how they've managed to keep up with schoolwork in comparison to their peers and how that's sort of going to be 
as they return to the classroom. And it, it may be that some children have really suffered with sort of the impact of um, the struggles that families have gone through through the lockdown or even experienced some bereavement. So it's going to be really varied in terms of what children are feeling about the return to school. And we'd sort of just really encourage children to know that that's absolutely normal and it is going to take a period of adjustment for everybody to um, get back into a routine. So I think it's really, really important that children know these mixed feelings are absolutely normal and there is help out there for them. You know, no child needs to be carrying these worries and concerns around by themselves. So some simple tips for children would be things like writing down their worries and hopes. You know, we know that getting stuff down on paper can, can be really helpful. Talking through those concerns with trusted adults, speaking to Childline. So Childline is available on 0800 1111 or childline.org.uk. Um, children can take some time to prepare for their return to school, you know, getting their bags ready, preparing their uniform if they have one, and then just know that they should be taking their time. You know, this is going to be a period of adjustment, and that's really normal. In more education news, there are plans for three Kent secondary schools to join forces with one of the county's largest multi-academy trusts, Ebbsfleet Academy in Swanscombe, Haysbrook School in Tunbridge, and Highweald Academy in Cranbrook, a part of the Brook Learning Trust. They're in discussions about about a merger with Lee Academies Trust, which runs 29 schools across Kent, Medway, Bexley and South East London. And plans to close a Medway primary school are back on the table, despite protests from residents and criticism from an MP. There have been low application numbers at Stoke Primary Academy, with years two, five and six being taught at All Hallows Academy. A consultation into merging the schools is now underway. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. A former IT technician from Maidstone who admitted installing software onto work computers to spy on staff has been jailed. Officers searched Andrew Cakebread's home in Lower Stone Street in 2019 and discovered indecent images of children and thousands of videos of people he'd been secretly filming. The 36-year-old's been locked up for 30 months. £51 million is going to be spent on transforming mental health services across Kent over the next five years. The county's clinical commission group says more investments needed as they expect a major rise in demand because of pressures caused by the pandemic. A Sheppey holiday park owner has spent a million pounds on luxury lodges to make the most of the expected staycation boom. Edward James, who runs five sites at East Church and two at Minster, is buying another 80 holiday homes. He says demand for breaks on the island is surging because of the pandemic. Kent Online reports. A woman's described how she was sent flying after being hit by a car while doing a charity bike ride in Herne Bay. The 34-year-old was left with a deep cut on her chin and bruises on her arms and legs after being knocked over on Hampton Pier Avenue. She was raising money for Kidney Research UK in memory of her mum. A dispersal order has been put in place to tackle nuisance drivers near Dartford. Police have warned so-called boy racers in Greenhithe they face coronavirus fines and will have vehicles seized if they don't comply. It comes after officers were called to reports of cars driving recklessly over two consecutive weekends. A 400-year-old pub near Ashford could be turned into housing after struggling for more than a decade. The Royal Oak in Merzham closed in October last year and has been sold by Shepherd Neem. 
The new owners have submitted plans to convert it into two semi-detached homes. And Joel Corrie and Ray have been chatting to our sister radio station KMFM. The pair have been on the hit list with Emma Jo to talk about their new single bed and working on it with David Guetta. The world needs music right now. It needs positive vibes. It needs a bit of fun. So, yeah, I mean, I do like really look forward to that moment where I can play these records to a crowd. And, you know, we've got some good news this week in England that, you know, um, we, the summer might be back on again. So, yeah, I look forward to those times. I know they're coming. Yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed that they come sooner rather than later. Now, Ray, talk to me about the video. Lots of bed action. I'm hoping. What Do you is know the what? vibe? It's actually, it's actually not what you necessarily think it is. Okay. It's really, it was really cold on the day we shot it. Right. But <laughs> you know what? I was watching it back today. I think it's really good. I can't wait. To, um, release it. I don't want to give too much away, but okay. I can say we were acting little, little, a little bit. Me and Joel, and he was so good. <laughs> really? Oh my god! No. Really? Go on, tell me about his part. Can you tell me anything he like that? Couldn't... Is he moody? Is he cold? What's he yeah, like? Yeah, well, he had to be basically a bit emotionless, and you know, we had to not blink, and we had to keep really straight faces and be really yeah. like a bit robotic. And Joel was so good that when the camera was off, he couldn't break character. He was literally. I, I, just... I, 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 I no, took my role very seriously. He took it so seriously. No, but it was so funny. Like, I hope you see BTS. If you missed it in full last night, you can listen at kmfm.co.uk. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham will be hoping to extend their unbeaten run as they welcome Ipswich Town to Priestfield this weekend. It follows a draw at Portsmouth last Saturday and a midweek win over MK Dons. The Jules are currently 14th in League One with tomorrow's visitors seven places above them. We've been catching up with Connor Ogilvie who scored the winner on Tuesday night. The big thing we spoke about was getting a bit of consistency and and not win a game, then lose a game, then win a game and lose a game. But so we wanted to be able to go and get not lose um after a, uh, after a win so hopefully we can do that on 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 saturday and and, and get back to back wins and and that's the aim i said that right so the, the consistency is the main thing and until we're mathematically out of it uh, we we can never give up and uh, uh, and and stop believing so yeah like i said until it's until it's impossible for us we'll get it we'll give it everything until until otherwise On to cricket now, and we've been speaking to another Kent player ahead of the start of the new season next month. Hamadullah Kadri says he's looking forward to the action getting underway after a tricky first year at the club because of the pandemic. The England under-19 off-spinner has spent the winter training in South Africa and is keen to cement his place in the team. It's always good to have a healthy competition, isn't it? Um, It just takes the better out of you, so I wouldn't look at it from that that point of view. Uh, For me, it's just to improve... Uh, my game. Um, I don't really look at other people's games as much. So it's how I can play um, the next game. How can I be ready for the next game? So I just look at that and and improve whatever I can. It, it, it's my fielding, bowling, or or even batting. So I just work as hard as I can. And and this selection is not in my in my hands. So I just whatever is not in my hands or whatever is not in my control, I just. Control the controllables. Generally, have a young squad. Uh, even uh, last year in the four days, we did really well. Um, and even in the T20 competition, so it's all about coming together uh, as a side and then really and really pushing forward. So uh, I don't see why we can't go all the way. Uh, 
this year in all, all three competitions. We, we have the core squad for it and the youngsters are hungry to improve and, and play as many games as possible. So definitely from that perspective, yeah, I don't see why we can't go all the way. Kent begin their county championship season with a trip to Northamptonshire in April. And it's been another tough day for England in the fourth test against India. After being bowled out for just 205 in their first innings, they've struggled to restrict the hosts, who ended day two on 294 for seven. Kent's at Crawley could only manage nine with the bat yesterday. England are 2-1 down in the series. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.